What do we do with grief when grief has nowhere to go? How do we bear the weight of that burden when there is nowhere to lay it down and no one to help shoulder it with us even for a few hours? In this strange season, when we are cut off from friends and extended family, from colleagues and congregations, when the closest we can get to anyone is six feet away and then only behind a mask, the burden of grief, loss, pain, and anxiety is magnified and intensified by that isolation. Even those of us who have not lost a spouse, a sibling, a parent, or a child, we too are drawn into at least a deeper sense of loss by the powerlessness of circumstances beyond our control. And those who have experienced that first order of magnitude sort of loss, they face a complicated grief I cannot even imagine. In normal circumstances, the cycles and patterns of grief are mostly predictable, even if they show up in our particular circumstances in unpredictable ways. Normally, we start by keeping ourselves busy with all the details, people to contact, services to plan, travel to arrange, meals to coordinate, death certificates to acquire, medical equipment to return, paperwork to file. The list of things we have to do is itself exhausting but we like it that way. Otherwise, there's nothing for us to do but face the deep grief we cannot escape. But in these pandemic times, most of those details disappear. So we are propelled, unprepared, into that place where our grief has no outlet, no container. as the haunting silence and stillness of grief wear on, we would normally, as that cycle continues, rely on close friends to call us, to visit us, to insist on taking us out, to lunch, to shop, to do anything at all that will give us a reason to get dressed and not stay at home alone. Friends, can be a helpful distraction like that. Usually, without even realizing it, they teach us that we are allowed to think about something other than our loss, even for a few minutes. And eventually, we learn how to put our grief on a shelf for a little while, and then with practice, how to take it back down again without feeling guilt at having ignored it for a while. But during this pandemic, we can't do that. 
we're told that we are supposed to stay at home. And we know how important that is. But we wonder whether other people know how dangerous that can be as well. For so many of us, church is the place where our grief finds its ultimate container. Unlike the busyness of friends or beloved busyness of details or belovedness of friends, those things that help us focus on something other than our loss, church is the place where we are allowed to confront it fully and to do so within the fellowship of those who love us not by pulling us away from our grief, but by wrapping their arms around it and us. This is the place where we are allowed to be imperfect, to be broken, to be lost, to be overwhelmed. This is the community that allows us not to need to know in the moment whether we will make it, where we will take that next step. Without saying a word, the people we encounter in this place offer us signs of hope and healing that emerge from the ashes of our loss. And when our friends are able to love us like that, they do so not only as friends, but as representatives of that community of love on which we depend. There is such comfort within these walls. There is such comfort in these pews. But not now. For now, the church remains empty. Strangely enough, the pandemic has brought an emptiness to church that many of us feel every year at this time. This is the one season of the year when it is hardest for us to bring our brokenness to church. As Christmas approaches, As the magic of the holidays spreads through our community, even the church, that last place where we are permitted to be our true and honest selves, even the church begins to ask of us what we cannot genuinely give in return, a happy face, a joyful spirit, a dose of Christmas cheer. At St. Paul's, we try our very best to hold on to the spirit of the season of Advent, that hopeful and needful longing for comfort and consolation that these four weeks are supposed to represent to us. But even centuries of tradition are not strong enough to hold off those little encroachments of premature celebration. So in that strange way, for all of us, this year is like any other. Even in the church, together, we find no room to lay our burdens down. 
yet Jesus is the one who says to us, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus did not say those words from a pulpit, nor did he say them as an invitation to come to a church. He spoke those words of comfort to anyone who would follow him. And in this season of longing and heartache, we find the deepest fulfillment of those words not by returning to a building that waits to be filled again, but by returning to the one who speaks those words to us again tonight. Jesus did not call to himself those who were spiritually gifted or religiously proficient. He did not invite those who had it all together or who had figured out how to master the emotional, financial, and physical challenges that life brings. Instead, Jesus beckoned to himself those who were weighed down by the burdens of life. He reached out to those who had nowhere else to go, and he promised all of them rest. Most gurus, masters, and teachers ask their disciples to engage in rigorous training. They throw upon us the physical or spiritual exercises that are designed to strengthen us and prepare us for whatever challenges are ahead. They train us for whatever exhausting tests await us, and so often that is what churches do to us as well. They ask us to do more, to give more, to try more, but not Jesus. Jesus acknowledges that life itself is the exhausting test, and he promises to give those who would follow him the rest that they desperately need. The church is not the rest we need. The true church is that community of disciples who have found their rest in Jesus. We are the people who know what it means to be welcomed and accepted and loved, even with all the grief and struggle we bear. When we are cut off from that community, from the church that we love, we experience the loss of those who help us carry that weight. That loss is real, and its consequences are terrible. But still, there is one who speaks to us words of comfort and words of hope. There is one who reminds us that we are loved 
even when we cannot love, even when we cannot embrace our loved ones or feel their embrace of us. There is one who reaches out to us and invites us to come to him and find again that rest for which our souls desperately long. Hear those words of Jesus spoken again to you this night. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Wherever you are, no matter how heavy your burden, no matter how isolated or cut off you may feel, hear Jesus speak those words to you. Come again to him and find your soul's true rest.